Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Wednesday, July 20th. On this date in 1969, astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin became the first men to set foot on the moon. Just before 11 p.m. hour time, Armstrong said the famous words, quote, That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Let's head over to the First Alert Weather Center to see what Mother Nature has in store for your forecast. And good Wednesday morning. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovine. Starting out warm and muggy this morning with a partly cloudy sky in the 70s going into the 80s, going in the low 90s this afternoon. Small chance of rain at lunchtime. We'll see a couple of hit or miss showers and storms this afternoon and this evening. Rain chance today about 30%. Goes up slightly tomorrow and Friday with scattered afternoon storms. We'll be hot and humid around 93 degrees. And then for the weekend, we'll be in the low 90s. Rain chance will come down a little bit from Saturday into Sunday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast from the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Morning Y'all is sponsored by MUSC Health. Join a team that's changing what's possible. MUSC Health is hiring for all locations and various positions, including radiology, path and lab, maintenance, and a number of other professions. Find out more about the competitive pay rates and benefits or review a more comprehensive list of current openings at muschealth.org slash careers. MUSC Health, changing what's possible. And it's time to swing over to the news desk for your headlines. Good morning, everyone. A bond hearing is set for today for a disgraced former South Carolina attorney in Colleton County. The South Carolina Attorney General's office confirms that Alec Murdoch is expected to appear in person. Last week, Murdoch was indicted on charges related to the deaths of his wife and son. Molly McBride is live outside the Colleton County Courthouse where that bond hearing is set to take place. Molly. That bond hearing is expected to take place at 10 a.m. Murdoch faces two charges of murder and two charges of possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime. Those charges stem from the investigation into the deaths of his wife Maggie and his son Paul, who were found shot to death at the family's hunting property in rural Colleton County on June 7th of last year. According to court documents, Alex is accused of shooting his wife with a rifle and shooting his son with a shotgun. Paul and Maggie were found shot near the dog's kennel at the family's Islandton property. Alex himself called 911 that night, telling investigators he had arrived at the family's property and found the bodies. Again, Murdoch is expected to be here in person today. I'll be here all morning for continuous coverage, and coming up in the next half hour, I'll dig deeper into some of the other charges Murdoch is facing. Reporting live in Colleton County, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. The committee formed to guide South Carolina's response to overturn Roe v. Wade has now put out its recommendations for a more restrictive law. The committee, made up of eight Republicans and four Democrats, voted 9-3 to three to recommend these changes to South Carolina's abortion law to another panel of lawmakers. Among them is a ban on abortions with no exceptions in cases of rape, incest, or other fetal abnormalities. Now, one Democrat says she's worried these restrictions would discourage OBG from training and practicing in South Carolina, while a Republican argues the suggestions don't go far enough. I've talked to numerous doctors who are facing real-life situations already. 
they have to decide whether they want to go to jail or be sued if they care for their patients. If we would prosecute someone for shooting an infant in the face, we should prosecute them for torturing their child to death in the womb. These recommendations will next go to the House Judiciary Committee, the step right before a debate among the entire House of Representatives. That committee has not yet announced a date to take up the bill. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham has agreed to move any challenges concerning a subpoena to state and federal court in Georgia rather than seeking to fight it here in South Carolina. The senator was named in a subpoena issued by a special grand jury in Georgia investigating allegations of interference in the 2020 presidential election. Senator Graham's communication director says he has not agreed to testify. Yesterday, Graham told NBC News that Fulton County has not, quote, even tried to subpoena me. I just want to get it done. End quote. We'll be sure to keep you updated on the story. Well, today, a South Carolina congressman is set to receive the NAACP's highest honor, the Spingarn Medal. The NAACP says its award recognizes Representative James Clyburn's work toward advocating for voter rights as well as efforts to protect democracy. In a statement, Clyburn says that he is pleased to receive the honor. That award will be handed out during a ceremony today in Washington. The Senate has voted to confirm Michelle Childs to be a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit Court. Childs is a federal district judge in our state. She will be the fourth black woman to ever sit on the D.C. Circuit. Prior to her appointment yesterday, President Biden considered Childs as a possible replacement for retiring Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham had this to say on the confirmation. In a statement, the senator says, quote, Judge Childs is an extremely talented lawyer and has proven to be a fair-minded judge. She has wide and deep support from all corners of the South Carolina legal community. She will be a great addition to the D.C. Circuit Court, end quote. New this morning, a 12-year-old is hurt after an accidental shooting in Beaufort County. The Beaufort County Sheriff's Office says they responded to the Midtown Apartments around 2.30 yesterday afternoon for a report of a boy with a gunshot wound. Deputies were told by Port Royal Police, who also were on scene. The incident occurred actually about an hour earlier at Shell Point Park. The boy was taken to the hospital. He originally told officers he was shot in the leg by, quote, masked people, but witnesses didn't agree. The boy later admitted to taking a gun from a family member without their knowledge and accidentally shooting himself. The boy has been released from the hospital. No charges have been filed at this time. Also in Beaufort County, the Burton Fire District says nearly a dozen people are recovering after a two-vehicle crash. Officials say that crash happened around 4.30 yesterday afternoon on Trask Parkway and Rosita Road. Officials say the crash involved a passenger van and a car, which one passenger had to be freed from when crews arrived. Eleven people in total were involved in the crash. Seven of those were kids who ranged from ages 3 to 10. Firefighters say the kids were not restrained properly but all injuries appear to be non-life-threatening. We're learning more information about the person killed by a Georgetown City police officer over the weekend. Georgetown police say James Fraser Jr. was accused of an armed robbery Saturday at a Marathon gas station on Exchange Street. According to police, Fraser had a knife when an officer shot him near Church and Palm Streets. That's about a half mile from the gas station. The state law enforcement division is currently investigating that shooting. In a statement, Police Chief William Pierce says there is no reason for the public to be concerned in the armed robbery case 
case is being, quote, brought to a conclusion. We have asked Georgetown police for the name of the officer and his or her status in the department, but they say it's against department policy to release that information. Well, the city of Charleston is looking to plan out the peninsula's future for the next 20 years, saying right now it's in a transition phase. As Ray Urena reports, the city wants to develop the area with people in mind. Over the past 20 years, the city of Charleston says the peninsula has changed significantly. City staff say they're looking to envision what the upper and neck portions of the peninsula could look like in the future. Robert Summerfield, who's overseeing the city's new peninsula plan, wants to focus on development in the area with mass transit and job centers in mind, making the area more pedestrian friendly. He says staff will also be taking sea level rise and flooding into account, as well as the community's concerns of disinvestment into historically black neighborhoods on the peninsula. The city has also allocated $350,000 to hire consultants to help the planning department draw up the peninsula plan. Summerfield says the community's input will be crucial as they move forward with the plan. We're not walking into it with a preconceived notion of what those design guidelines or those design framework might be proposed as a part of the plan. That will be a, a very important part of our conversation with the community as we're moving forward with that planning effort. Summerfield says they expect a community meeting on the Peninsula plan to be held as soon as this fall. He says the plan itself will take anywhere between 12 to 18 months to complete. In the control room, Ray Urena, Live 5 News. Well, some residents are fighting to save a running track in the nor in North Charleston. More than 800 people have signed a petition to save the Danny Jones track after North Charleston officials announced that they were looking to improve the athletic facility. Now, it will include a new aquatic center and gym. City officials say the improvements will increase the physical footprint of the building, which means more space constraints and that the popular track will be no more. Some community members, including a local running group, say getting rid of that track would take away a free and safe way to exercise. The city says they hope to complete that project in late 2023. Charleston County Council recently approved a $3 million critical home repair project for eligible residents living in the county. This project is funded by the American Rescue Plan Act and applications are now open. Lauren Quinlan joining us live with who is eligible. Lauren? There are a few requirements as to who can get these repairs, and there is a limit of $30,000 per home. A few of those requirements include being a Charleston County resident, 62 years or older, and proof of home ownership. I spoke with the county's community development department, and they say this program is designed to make homes livable and safe, but homes requiring substantial rehabilitation will not be eligible for this program. Roof replacement, weatherization, and insulation are just a few of the repairs offered. With an expected above-average hurricane season this year, the county is prepared for more applicants than expected. Typically, after severe inclement weather, there can be roof damage, so we may see an increase in calls following um, a very active hurricane season. The funds are good until 2024, but the county says based on the number of applications they have received so far, they anticipate spending the entirety of these funds this year. The Community Development Department will be partnering with the Liberty Hill Redevelopment Group to accept applications and oversee repairs specifically in the Liberty Hill area. 
For a full list of eligibility requirements and a link to that application, click on this story on Live5News.com. Reporting live in Charleston County, Lauren Quinlan, Live 5 News. Celebrating a birthday this Wednesday, rock musician Carlos Santana is 75. Actor Josh Holloway from Loft is 53. Singer Vitamin C is also 53. Actress Sandra Oh is 51. Actor Omar Epps is 49. Singer and former American Idol hopeful Elliot Yamin is 44. And actor Percy Daggs III of Veronica Mars is 40. And just a reminder, coming up at 10 a.m., Alec Murdoch is set to appear before a judge on charges of murder. Live 5 News will stream that hearing on Live 5 Plus, available for free with Roku, Amazon Fire, or Apple TV. You can also watch in the Live 5 News app or at live5news.com. Thanks for joining us for Morning Y'all. From Live 5 News, I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all, produced every weekday morning and sponsored by MUSC Health. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen anytime at live5news.com slash podcasts. And download the free Live 5 News app for your mobile device for the latest local news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.